All right, welcome to Outrageously Unnecessary, your regularly scheduled podcast all about Oh, the wacky and wild things that rich people have bought or done throughout the ages, because as long as rich people have had money, they have been spending it on stupid crap. I'm your host, Haley, and over there is my co-host, Steven. I love how you said regularly scheduled podcast, because that's hilarious. I tried to say, oh, did it come out as regularly instead of irregularly? You said regularly scheduled podcast. Irregularly is hard to say. And and all of our listeners are like... Well, I'm not redoing the intro. (laughs) All of our listeners are like, regularly, huh? Uh huh. Everyone's just rolling their eyes like, mm-hmm. Uh, but sure, Jan. <laughs> but what's up, Gilded Gang? Stephen here. <laughs> Super stoked to uh, to to get back on somewhat of a semblance of a schedule. Uh, that's going to be our goal, obviously. But uh, super stoked about t- tonight's episode. Um, yeah. yeah. And hope that uh, we're bringing some light in your life and some fun and funniness in uh, these dire and dark days. We're trying to get there. Gosh dang trying it! To get I mean. There. I mean, hopefully me stumbling over my words has already just brought a smile to somebody's face. Oh, it's it, <laughs> absolutely. It's brought a smile to my face. <laughs> That's all that matters. Uh, is it? <laughs> I don't know about that. Shh. I don't know. <laughs> I love you, buddy boy. Let's, uh, let's keep a smile on that face. Oh. Uh, so let's get let's mm. get going. Let's get going. None of this long rambling stuff. We don't even have to explain where we've been. That's exciting. I know. Oh, the, the wonders of a schedule. Uh. Um. Okay, so my turn to go first this time. Absolutely. Um, the only reason why I know this is because of uh, basically all of our photo exchanges and Discord from last time. Um, so anyways, let's, let's get going. Uh, let's start this off by saying it is difficult to find things for this podcast that do not simultaneously make you go, that's so cool. And then like additionally saying, but why did that guy have to be such a douchebag? True. True. (laughs) I feel like that's just the running theme of, of any obnoxiously wealthy person. You get excited about what they do and then they do something just like horrible and you're like, does it balance out not really but am i interested in the cool thing yeah so uh that that's that's kind of the semblance of what i'll be talking about today uh i will preface this by saying this is a modern man uh this is so if we get a little bit sad know that it's happening in modern times fair enough yay yay Yay, modern times Yeah, unfortunately, not the veil of like, oh, past people were so funny. Uh, yeah. Anyways, uh, I, 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 I didn't succeed in finding a non-douchebag to talk about, but his wedding was really, really cool. Ooh. And uh, let's also preface this by saying I have a lot of photos to share. Ooh, yes. And so uh, remember, Gilded Gang, any photos that you want to see that I reference, go onto the Instagram at uh, Outrageously Unnecessary, which everything will be posted there. And then I will also share uh, a good portion of them on our Twitter, which is at OUnnecessaryPod. Uh, so anyways, go there. You, They will be available for you to look at. Uh, Steven, I hope you get excited. Um, I'm already excited. Yes. So, anyways, this guy's wedding. Very cool. Also infuriating. So, to my fellow nature lovers out there, I am sorry. To my fellow fantasy-loving nerds out there, you're welcome. (laughs) 
Uh, so today we will be talking about the first president of Facebook, Sean Parker, and his 2013 Lord of the Rings fantasy wedding. I was hoping that that was what you were going to be talking about. Do you know about this? Oh my goodness. Okay, so quick, quick, quick interjection to, to Haley's uh, topic. So I'm married right now, but Shelly was not the first person that I was engaged to. Um, so the first person I was engaged to was back in 2009. Um, and her and I were huge. I mean, I'm still a huge Lord of the Rings fan, but I, I did not know that there was someone else who could be as huge a Lord of the Rings fan as I am until I met Samantha. And we loved Lord of the Rings so much. And I'm going to be super nerdy for a second. I proposed to her with Galadriel's ring, not a, not a diamond ring. Oh my God. I found a, an exact replica from the movie studio, Galadriel ring, Galadriel's ring. I proposed that with her and we planned because Long story short, um, Samantha was getting about a million and a half dollar dowry. Uh, Whoa! With her, yeah, I, I know. And, and a lot of people, when I say that, they're like, why did. Who the fuck gets a dowry nowadays? I, well, I'm sorry. Like, that's, it, was it five oxen and a goat? Like, no. <laughs> huge tracts of land? <laughs> no, it was going to be like 1.5 million cash. Like, her. This is like a wedding present from her family, or like it's a legit dowry. There, like her parents paying you to take her off your of their hands. Not not a dowry in that sense, which that would have been hilarious. But actually, knowing her parents, that would actually have made sense. But that's another story for another day. No, what? Um, I didn't even know that you were engaged before, I know. Stephen. I, I've known you for this long, <laughs> and I didn't know that. I'm going through an existential crisis right now. L- let me get to my Lord of the Rings point. So for for okay. your topic, so uh, it was actually it was it was her granddad. Her granddad had a mass. Um, through stock markets and through the oil industry um, he had just amassed um, just a buttload of wealth and um, honestly I- I'm so glad like her and I didn't marry like despite the fact I would have been a millionaire Stephen you could have been one of our assholes I... that we talk about no, all this <laughs> but, but Haley think about it if I had married her I would have never met you I know that I know I would have never met you uh, yeah, you probably yeah, because you wouldn't have been working in the restaurant in Ben Katie's nope, boss. Nope, nope, uh, nope. But <laughs> you still would have done this podcast, and I might have been one of those people no, you would have talked about. No, wait a minute. About. There's a distinct possibility we could have met through Trevor <sighs> at some point. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure at some point I would have met Trevor. Like it, that would have happened. But anyways, irregardless. So <laughs> so Smith and I um, had planned this wedding. Her parents and her granddad was going to take care of everything. It was a hundred thousand dollar Lord of the Rings wedding. Like it was good. Yeah. We were going to rent this, this outdoor nature space. We were going to have set people come in and build us, um, the, um, uh, what was it? Uh, the, uh, which, which, which scene? Um, oh, so it, it was, uh, when they're in not La Florian, but when they're in, um, um, why am I forgetting names? Rivendell. So it, it is one of the, like the, like the, like the breakaway, like chapels, uh, where there's like leaves and stuff like, uh, um, yeah, 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 I know. Yep. 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 So it was going to be that. And she was going to, uh, be dressed up as like a high elf and I was going to dress uh, like a ranger and it was going to be like this <gasps> immaculate thing. Um, and then come to find out like we, um, obviously like things weren't working between us and long story short, um, she had been struggling with, with uh, the fact for a long time that she was gay and we actually we had a conversation about it and she was like this is who I am and I'm like I completely support you this is the direction I'm going in my life um, and I mean it, it ended mutually and she has a partner she's living in California of all places and she's she's an amazing writer and she's she's super happy so long story short I would have if, if we would have gotten married it would have been an amazingly expensive Lord of the Rings wedding so 
Steven. Long story for a short point. Steven, what the fuck? <laughs> My mouth has been... I wish that we'd like record video of this so the Gilda gang could yeah. see like my jaw was straight jaw like just completely dropped for that entire explanation. What the fuck? I know. I know. It's 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 banana balls. Oh god damn it. Okay, so oh, you're already married. Garrett and I don't have money. Maybe Maybe if Garrett and I get married, we can find money so we can do this? Yeah, find money. Oh, yeah. Oh, how do I find money? That's, I need to win the lottery. That's a lot of long Oh, question. my God. All right, Haley, back to the task at hand. Back to the task at hand. I'm so sorry. That was, <laughs> I, oh, my mind is reeling. Okay, so you already know a decent amount about this Lord of the Rings wedding then. But anyways, let's do a little backstory on Sean Parker just to begin with. Uh, Sean Parker was born in, oh boy, Herndon, Herndon, Virginia. Uh, what a what a name. Uh, in 1979, to a middle class family, according to Wikipedia, his father taught him how to program on an Atari 800, and Parker absolutely stuck to it like glue. Uh, as he grew older, he discovered the fun of hacking along with programming. Oh. So when he was 16 years old, the wonderful moron hacked into a network of a Fortune 500 company, and then he wasn't able to log out when his dad uh, confiscated his keyboard for some reason. And so uh, he was then subsequently tracked down by the FBI and then sentenced <laughs> to community service. <laughs> community service, not like federal prison, but community service. He was only 16. He couldn't have been tried as an adult. That's true. That's true. Yeah. So then, also at some point in his teen years, he won the Virginia State Computer Science Fair and the CIA recruited him. Naturally. (laughs) Naturally. The 90s were weird is what I'm hearing. Uh, He he probably worked with Snowden. I know. (laughs) So by uh, his senior year of high school, he was earning more than $80,000 through various projects. And this was the 90s, so I didn't even bother figuring out what the inflation rate was. But as he's he's learning way more than I make in a year, so fuck this guy. Um, yeah, fuck that guy. Uh, yeah. Fuck the 90s. No, just kidding. I love the yeah. 90s. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, so anyways, uh, in 1999, he co-founded Napster. <laughs> Oh, so, he was he was one of the guys that co-founded Napster. He's the oh, one of the ones that co-founded Napster. I did so not know all that. of all of your musical uh, dealings, you know, just the slow download. You don't know whether or not it's a nasty virus or not. It takes fit, like at least eight hours. You do it right before school, and then you come back and see if it's actually down. Napster. Um, yeah, only the best type of music. Yep. So. Anyways, I feel like all of that's a, a pretty decent uh, background to let you know kind of who we're dealing with here. Uh, so let's swing around to 2004. Sean Parker discovers a fledging uh, Facebook because what, his, it was on his girlfriend's computer. She was attending, I think, Stanford, but don't quote me on that. Um, so anyways, he uh, ends up meeting with the world's favorite lizard man, Mark Zuckerberg. Uh, and uh, joins the company as its very first president. And the company was only maybe like five months old at this point. Um, And if you ever saw the movie The Social Network, uh, Justin Timberlake is the one who plays him. So, oh, I honestly, I've never seen it. It's been on my list for years to watch. It's, I've also never seen it. (laughs) Yeah, just never got around to it. With everything we know about Mark Zuckerberg nowadays, I'm like, 
Uh, you could say I've been. Uh, you could say I've taken quite a Napster, and not take watch that movie. All right. Uh, that's, that's, a, that's my warm up. Don't worry, the good ones are coming. Oh God, uh, please no. Uh, so, anyways, Justin Timberlake. Uh, he ends up resigning as the president of Facebook in 2005. So he really was only with the company for less than a year. Justin Timberlake resigned. By Justin Timberlake, I mean Sean Parker. Justin Timberlake played him, so I was trying to make a, a joke. Ah. Uh, it didn't land. I'm sorry. Good one. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying. Uh. Okay. Um, my mind is still reeling after that bomb you dropped on me. I'm doing my best. <laughs> You're doing so good. I'm so proud. Uh. Anyways, so he resigns after uh, about a year of being with them uh, because he was on vacation. And in his vacation rental home, the police ended up raiding it and discovered cocaine. So they, uh, they were like, no. And um, yeah, since that didn't really look good for fledgling company, Facebook was like, maybe you should resign. And so he did. <laughs> uh, so I have no idea what else he has made his money on, but uh, since he resigned in like 2005, but apparently he's made good investments because he is now worth upwards of 2.6 billion dollars. Oh, that's billion with a B, Gilded Gang. Billion with billion a B. Billion with a B. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, 2.6 million dollars. Uh, so he has lots of money to just kind of spend on a Lord of the Rings wedding. Um <sighs> In 2013, Sean Parker uh, was prepared to spend millions of those dollars uh, on his wedding to singer Alexandra Lanus. Uh, he was 33 at the time. She was 24. Uh, the 10-year, almost 10-year age gap is something I find very creepy. Eh. Uh, apparently, they're still married, though, so I guess that's something. That's cool. Which is good. Yeah. I see too many things where, like, creepy older men are just like, yes, you, the young 20-year-old with no life experience, come here, let me groom you. And I'm like, that's disgusting. Um, I, don't like the, I don't like that phrase. Let me groom you. I, Ugh. Yeah, no. I, you don't listen to as many serial killer podcasts as I do. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, but I, I've heard enough. I mean, if, if anybody has been paying attention to the news lately, I've heard enough about older men grooming younger people and i'm just i'm, I'm so over it anyways that's another topic yeah for another day that's, that's another topic but anyway so the creepy age gap but they're still getting married um so the happy couple decides that their dream wedding would be lord of the rings level of fantasy i don't know if it's specifically lord of the rings themed but it's definitely like high fantasy was yeah, the goal yeah okay um so they immediately set to work organizing they set up an LLC called Narita to run the wedding. Of course. Of course they did. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. One, one whole LLC. You need a company to run your wedding for you? Jesus. I mean, there's a lot that goes into a wedding, especially a wedding of that size. Oof. That's fair, but I st- like ooh, one, one whole company to, <laughs> to do. That's bananas to me. Okay. So, they found a redwood grove in Big Sur, which is in California, which is like the the redwood coast, Uh, which uh, by that point, uh, the redwood grove was actually a closed campground that was owned by uh, the Ventana Inn. 
So the LLC running their wedding makes a deal with the Ventana Inn to use the defunct campground exclusively for months. Uh, so that way it can be turned into like fairy tale forest, complete with like ruins and bridges and water features and uh, just a, a picture perfect set that really belongs in any of the Lord of the Rings movies, honestly. Like, if you just, I could Im- imagine Peter Jackson just walking around a bit, like, yes, perfect, done. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Just get some nice sweeping shots of this. Everyone's having a party. This is beautiful. Um, so, a quote from the California Coastal Commission quote, Existing roads and campsites were graded and contoured to create the appearance of ruins. Stone gateways and walls were constructed. Staircases were crafted around existing habitat and redwood trees. An artificial pond was dug and installed. A stone bridge over the pond was constructed. Several elevated platforms were created, some adjacent to Post Creek, uh, which is the creek that ran through the forest. Over 100 potted trees and plants were partially planted within the existing roadbeds and campsites, and lighting was installed in the redwood forest. Yes, I love this already. So I'm going to send you a picture of uh, the like little bridge. It's, it's, it, I can't even begin to explain just how magical it is. Oh, and this is just like the little entrance. That's beautiful. I love it. Oh, I can even see some of the ruin stuff in the background. Oh, oh, it's perfect. I know. And then they also, as their entrance to the ceremony itself, um, was this massive like wrought iron gateway that cost two hundred fifty thousand dollars. <laughs> I'm sorry. What was that? What was that number again? I can't find a picture of it, but it's two hundred fifty thousand dollars for a wrought iron gate. <laughs> Good night. I know it. Okay, I'm going to also send you a photo of all of, like, the the dining tables nestled amongst the redwoods. And just try to tell me that this isn't... This isn't every, like, boho girl's wet dream. Like... (laughs) Oh, 100%. Like, 100% wet dream for... There's, like, a tent in the background that's, like, one of, like large red canvas tents that's large and circular and you're like yeah that belongs at a ren fair oh yeah oh, man is that wait is that the cake i think that is the cake it is it is multi-tiered it is like dripping with icing it's very like soft and rounded but very tall at the same time all of the chairs are covered with white fur pelts there's flowers everywhere it's beautiful I love it. It's beautiful. It's it's fucking magical yep. is what it's, it is. It's, it's, utter, it's utterly delightful in every possible way. <laughs> it's unfortunate how delightful it is. Okay. So, for the day of the wedding, all 366 guests. That's a lot of guests. That's a l- I don't know that lot many of people. <laughs> 366 guests were outfitted in fantasy costumes created by... Forgive me if I've pronounced this name wrong. I'm almost positive it's pronounced Angela Dickinson, but there isn't an A in front of Angela. It's just Angela. So it might be Angela. Angela? Nigla. I don't know. Um, Mm. Oh, wow. Yeah. Anyways, (laughs) if you don't, (laughs) because I I butchered her name so much, uh, I don't know if anyone would be able to recognize the fact that... um, 
she actually designed all of the costumes for the Lord of the Rings movies. <gasps> oh, fun. So they hired the Lord of the Rings costume designer to outfit all 366 of their guests. So everyone is running around in high fantasy clothing. I want it. I want it so bad. I want it so bad. 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 Anyways, uh, 450 staff members helped keep things running smoothly, whether that was taking care of the 10 bunnies, five goats, and single pony that were available to pet. That I don't know if they were loose running around the campsite, if they were in a petting zoo. Forbes magazine just included it in their count of things that happened at this wedding. <laughs> and I, I just, 10 bunnies, five goats, a single pony. Like, you can't pony up for more ponies? Like, what? Mm. Uh, yeah, so anyways, uh, staff were taking care of the animals, or they were serving up one of the thousand-plus bottles of 1963 vintage port and 1911 Jim Bean whiskey. Oh. Where do you even get that vintage from? Oh, I bet it was delicious. I, I mean, I'm not a port person, but I can guarantee you that if Garrett was at this, he would be going absolutely ham because he loves port and he loves scotch and whiskey. Oh, sign me up. Yeah, Garrett and I would be killing it. Just oh, yeah, killing I'm it. Sure. I love also like thousands of bottles for 366 guests. Ooh, I found a picture of the cake and it is every bit like elven... Each tier of cake is technically sitting on a arched tier of, uh, yeah, little silver archways that are very much so elven in nature. Mm -hmm. Also, I apologize if anyone can hear me clicking. It's uh, There's no working around it. Oh. My. It's beautiful. Goodness. Each tier is, like, topped with... Lovely, like, little baby's breath flowers, and I don't know if they're frosting or real flowers, oh, but... they're probably... Like, it's, it's probably it's frosting. It's elegant and tasteful in all the right ways. Oh, I bet it's tasty in all the right ways, too. Am I right? I would fucking hope so. Mm, good night. That is just... Oh, uh, that's delightful. <gasps> oh, no. I found a photo of the aisle. <laughs> O-M-G. Send it. Oh no! Oh no! It's so, you're gonna have to describe this. I can tell you that it's two hundred feet long. Good night. <gasps> oh! 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 Okay. So here we go. So first, what you notice is a winding white pathway littered with what might be white rocks, white flower petals. Not really sure, but probably every maybe five to ten feet or so there is a wooden bramble type archway that looks like a, a gnarled twist of vines and trees that have come together to form some type of magical gateway into the etheria of beautifulness and around said archways are mixtures of fauna flora just beautiful hanging flowers and about every five or ten feet these are placed along this winding pathway that looks like you're stepping through a, a portal literally into J.R.R. Tolkien's world. It is gorgeous. It's it's amazing. And I will... Oh. Okay, L allow me to ask you, would you prefer to see a photo of, like, the overall, like, them initially walking down the aisle where you can see all of the guests in their outfits? Yes. 
or would you prefer to have kind of like a close-up where you can see the crazy lighting and flowers and archways that they have at the altar itself and you only get like some of the people in the audience um both okay okay both is gonna be an option so both i yeah that's fair we have the technology Ooh. yep so i'm seeing a lot of like velvet yeah a velvet yeah some sort of yeah um like cloth um Man, I wish I could see more close-up of the people. Wow, okay. Uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. And then, oh my goodness. Oh, it's so beautiful. Like, it's not so much like, it, it is fantasy, but like, it's not, honestly, like, it's not as over the top as I was thinking it would be. But like, it's, it's a lot. It's tasteful and it's, it's elegant. It is. It's, but it's also a lot. Like, you can tell how much this cost which i will get to that number in a moment yeah uh, that's that that's an excellent word it's tasteful like it's not over the it's not scary it's, yeah it's not scary over the top fantasy where like everybody's dressed as elves and you know and you know and orcs and war, you know nothing like that but it's it's it, it's like almost like that that hit, it's kind of ethereal it, it, yes but like what's the word i'm searching for it's more than it's stronger than a hint of high fantasy because it is fantasy but yet it's like it's like a uh, it's a taste like it, it's a taste and a very not so subtle yet subtle perfect imagery of like what a high fantasy type wedding might be if it was taken out of uh, out of a storybook like it's 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 yeah, very well done like with people this rich there's absolutely the possibility of just going grotesquely decadent and they managed mm. to avoid that which is phenomenal um i mean yeah just think of all the mem- just just think of all the memories these people made it's literally a never-ending story i like i i believe that would probably be the greatest party of my life Absolutely. to show up there and to explain why it also would be the greatest party of my life is because i get very tired very early and oh, like you're an old lady I am an old lady. I love partying. But then I eventually hit a wall and I say, I want to lay down and not interact with anyone. And so when I hit that point, I won't go to bed or I want to lay on a couch. And the amazing thing is that they thought of fucking everything because they knew this was going to be a shindig that lasted well into the night. And basically, here. (laughs) No, they did not. Yes, they did. No, they did not. They have... What are you looking freaking, at? <laughs> they have a pavilion area that has beautiful beds. Beds. They have fucking beds with, like, fur blankets and pillows. And the beds are, like, crafted and sculpted to look like fantasy-like beds. So if you want to take a nap nap or a napster, <laughs> you can nap right there. I knew you were going to find another Napster joke. Uh, yeah, but then, like, they're on top of, like, these beautiful Arabian rugs and, like, just the the bear pelts just covering them. And it just looks so freaking comfy right there. But also, like, again, perfectly fantasy. Yeah. And I can also see, I, I can also see orgy, orgies happening here, too. I Probably orgies would happen. 
Um, I mean, I don't know if the if the bride and groom would like say nay to that or not, mm, but there's no telling. There's no telling. And then, uh, yeah. So to to end before I give you the price tag and then the bad news about this entire shindig, oh, no. let's end on a photo of the bride and groom, and he looks unattainably boring. I'm gonna start that off. <laughs> he looks nice, just boring as fuck. Oh. Uh, but she has everything that I could ever possibly want in a wedding dress. Uh, <laughs> fair enough. It's oh, it's she is just she lo- looks there's gorgeous. like these there's garlands of like that's not wisteria, but it looks like wisteria with the way that it hangs. It's like white wisteria hanging down, like framing everything. And then she has a hood. She has a hood and this just like long trailing cape and she's sparkly in all the right parts. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, but she, she she looks gorgeous. Her dress is gorgeous. And he looks like he just wants to leave. <laughs> he looks a little constipated if I'm being yeah, honest. Yeah, probably. Yeah, he's 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 probably so nervous because he's like, "Oh man, the law is going to come after me." Oh, the law came after him. Let's get into it. Oh, yes. Okay, whole ceremony ended up costing $4.5 million. That's that's not as bad as I thought. I thought it was going to be upwards of like like two-digit million dollars, but... I can understand that. Most of the rumors going around when this first happened in 2013, everyone was like, it's $10 million. And, um... According to Forbes, he refuted that and said that it was actually $4.5 million. However, he did have to pay some very large fees because, and this is this is where I get really sad, um, they didn't get any permits to do this. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, they, oh no, I did not know about this. They struck a deal with Ventana Inn to be like, hey, can I have private use of, of this campground? And I don't think Ventana Inn, and like, I'm I'm just making wild guesses here. I don't think Ventana Inn really knew what was happening out there or else they turned a blind eye to it yeah. because it was an unused campground. It was closed. But um, yeah, so basically these rich and entitled fucks went into a redwood forest, an ecologically very sensitive place. They brought in outside materials, construction equipment, etc. They just had at it. They didn't install any erosion control measures during construction. I can tell you right now as a landscape, well, I'm a landscape designer, but someone who works for a landscape architecture firm, um, the first fucking thing that you do is erosion control measures it's the law because it prevents all your gross nasty waste and runoff from going into the local streams Mm. it prevents you from polluting is what it does sure so they did not do that um and yeah it, it it's highly illegal to to not do that in the state of california uh, so anyways, the California Coastal Commission wrote an entire report on what uh, all of their wrongdoings were, the ecological harm that they caused. They're basically, um, yeah, they're, they know that like a bunch of sedimentation happened to that creek that runs through it. 
Um, and uh, the Parkers just ended up having to pay $2.5 million in penalties oh slash a nice donation for ignoring the regulations, which just goes to show that anything is legal if you're rich enough. Shoot. Good night. Well, good for the, I mean, good for the commission making them pay fines and all that stuff. Jeez. I know. The thing that, like, super pisses me off, though, is the fact that um, there's a Forbes article on it, if you can even call it an article. It's mostly just a list. It's called, like, Sean Parker's Wedding by the Numbers or something like that, and it's literally just, like, a bullet list of, like, number of bottles of wine consumed, over a thousand, how much money spent, blah. And one of the things says, trees harmed, zero. And, yeah, like, he didn't cut down any trees, Forbes, but, like, he caused a disturbance to the local flora and fauna to, like, either die or be displaced and then polluted the adjacent river. And he just gets away with, like, a slap on the wrist because he happens to be a billionaire. Right. Oh, this, this <sighs> guy. This guy. Fucking guy. Man. So, yeah, kind of a bummer of an ending to my to my deep appreciation for just how beautiful and lovely this entire wedding was and how much I wish I could have been there but at the same time it's like do you even know how easy it would have been for you to go and get the fucking permits pretty goddamn easy Mm. pretty easy pretty easy so that's what I have for you Sounds good. Well, that was amazing. And that was a, a lot more detail filled into a story that I was previously familiar with, but uh, a lot more info that I did not know about this douchebag. So I bet that your Lord of the Rings wedding would have gotten permits. Yeah, because it was an outside venue that you can bring in like your own like set stuff and decorations and stuff like that. Like it was it, it was a blank enough slate that and it was well maintained enough that, you know, what we were going to do was. And I say $100,000, it probably wouldn't have been that much because what we were going to go overkill, but like they set aside a good chunk of change to make it, you know, very, very much like high elven type fantasy. And like, not this is like, yeah. yeah. So, um, no, definitely, definitely things would have been done by the numbers, but ultimately it was for the best that we did not get married. So, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm glad that it was for the best, but still, there's. The things I'm, it would have been amazing. I'm learning new things about you every day, Stephen. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll have a uh, we'll we'll have another conversation off the record about about this. Oh my god! So, because there's some other stuff that I got to tell you that it's not appropriate for this podcast. Oh no! <laughs> Dirty laundry. Oh man! Dirty laundry. Dirty laundry. Well, Haley, what uh, what oh. what time is it? What time is it next for? <gasps> Jump change. Chop change. Oh, 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 that's. <laughs> oh, no, that was. That's a copyright. Don't infringe on McDonald's. You're going to sue us. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, Haley, I, so I've got a chop change. Yay! So, for our Gilded Gang, uh, I found a really cool article from um, uh, a website called Elite Readers, and they detail 10 of the most expensive yet completely useless things in the world, which I am here for, and I'm super excited. So, let's. Uh, Yay, I like lists. (laughs) Let's go down the list, starting with number 10. So uh, whether you're a coffee or a tea drinker, um, 
for all you tea drinkers out there, and maybe for those of our listeners who are Me. across the pond, um, tea bags, they're pretty inexpensive to make, and they're pretty expensive, you know, for the most part, you can get a, a box of Lipton tea for pretty much next to nothing, right? So this one person designed a tea bag that not everyone can afford. This is a diamond encrusted tea bag that was that what? was made to commemorate the 75th anniversary of Brooke Bond's PG tips, which I'm not sure what that is. Is it reusable or do you are you supposed to throw it away like you would any other tea bag? It is covered in 280 diamonds and it can be reused and can store tea and yes, it has actual tea leaves that can be brewed. What the fuck? Okay, well, I mean, at least it's reusable. You have that's it's a reusable fourteen thousand dollar tea bag. That's the stickiest diamonds in the world, though. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But it's yeah, fourteen thousand dollars. Allow me to ruin these diamonds by continually dunking them in a staining <laughs> liquid. <laughs> uh, so moving on to number nine, um, who played with Legos as kids? We all did. Me. But did we pay play with a fourteen thousand four hundred and fifty dollar pure gold lego block i don't Jesus think so <laughs> i'm sorry is it a single block cost that much? it's a single same size as the toy version it weighs 2.65 grams of 14 karat gold oh my god so some rich ass kids playing with that gold lego block and he is clueless i mean here's hoping that he's not like a four-year-old who's just like mm, let me swallow this Ugh. So, yeah, so moving on. Number eight. So this is uh, something for for all you cosplayers, maybe? You fantasy play people, maybe? Um, I don't like putting things in my eyes, but for all you contact lens wearers... Also me. This is a beautifully well-crafted, well-made, diamond-encrusted contact lens worth $15,000. That sounds horrible. $1, no, Steven, that sounds awful. Just terrible. That would scratch like nobody's business. There is a no. there is a protective so the the diamonds are encrusted around your iris, so uh so it covers your iris, but there is a protective layer on the back side that protects your eyes from getting scratched by the diamonds. But wait, on the back side. So like what well, what happens if you blink? Your eyeball is fine, but what about your, your eyelids? Moving on to number seven. <laughs> a sport that is enjoyed by many people across the pond and our, our friends uh, down in the away. Uh, the, the game of cricket. Um, cricket is, um, for those of you not familiar with cricket, it's, it has rules of golf and baseball um and softball it's kind of a really kind of a weird hodgepodge of a sport it's actually really cool to watch wait wait fun fact not cricket wait wait am i thinking of wait am i yeah i'm thinking of cricket yeah you're kind of thinking of cricket what am i thinking Uh, of i I don't know golf doesn't quite fit the bill in my opinion but i also have not played it in a very long time because my fun fact was going to be i had a british uh pe teacher Mm -hmm. when i was in elementary school named mr fox and uh mr fox thought that it was his English duty to teach all of us heathen little American children how to play English games. So one of those was actually cricket, and I learned how to play cricket from the ages of, like, 5 to 12. Oh, okay. Fair enough. 
Good little fun Do fact. Do I retain any of that info? Nope. No. <laughs> so this was a special cricket ball that was made in 2007. Um, it looks like a little miniature disco ball because it happens to be made with 5,728 small diamonds encrusted into it. It's just a way to make every item useless. Cover it in diamonds. Uh, and it cost $68,500. I hate it. I know. <laughs> Moving on. Number six. For more diamond adventures, how about a LCD TV that is completely encrusted in diamonds? God damn it, Steve. Worth $130,000. Also, no. it's a completely white gold TV that also is covered in 20 karat diamonds. <laughs> Fucking, yeah. Okay, that's to be expected. What next? What's the next diamond encrusted thing you're about to gift Number me? Number five. For those of you who like to write, you storytellers, you, you school students, you, how about for your next essay, instead of taking a Napster, you can, for your next essay, you can use this beautiful ruby and diamond encrusted pen that is encrusted with 150 carats of Burma rubies and 15 carats worth of diamonds. For this pen, you'll need only a small amount of $595,000. This is a writing instrument? And it actually writes. What the hell? Okay. Number four. I, uh... <laughs> for you diamond lovers out there, how about a game to challenge your mind, to challenge your strategy? How about... It's Stratego covered in diamonds. How about a $600,000 chess set? That is completely covered in 320 carats worth of black and white diamonds. There's only seven of these sets that were made, and it took 4,500 man hours to create each set. One, that's ridiculous. Two, I hope that that actually gets used by someone who knows how to play chess. I would hope so. Moving on, number three. <sighs> we're in a pandemic. COVID-19 is struck. And while many things have been made unavailable to us, such as the Dr. Pepper shortage right now, which makes my Dr. Pepper heart sad, there was also another shortage that took place earlier during this pandemic that caused a mass panic all across the states. Change? Toilet paper. Ah. But instead of wiping your bum with uh, your next set of uh, Quilted Northern or um, whatever other toilet papers there are, because I can't think of any, shut up. Um, there is a wonderful set of toilet paper that can be yours for $1.38 million because it is pure gold leaf toilet paper. That's not even anywhere near as good as that toilet paper we found once upon a time that was like 50 bucks a roll, but it's super soft. The Japanese toilet paper, yes. 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 I'd much rather have the Japanese $50 toilet paper. This is a three-ply roll of toilet paper that is made up of 22-karat gold flakes that has been softly are pressed. You just, are you literally flushing it down the toilet? That's a good one. That's a good one. You're literally flushing that money down the toilet. So, moving on. Number two. <sighs> we all need a good night's rest. Sleep comes to, to many, but sleep sometimes uh, is a pesky bugger that avoids the select few of us who lie awake restless and dreaming of better things and dreaming of one day owning large amounts of money to spend it on ridiculous things. But 
for those of you who have large amounts of money to spend on ridiculous things, how about investing in something that gives back? Something that allows you to find that magical world of dream-like sleep. How about a $1.6 million magnetic floating bed? What? This bed like... uses magnets to levitate 1.3 feet off the ground and... The mattress uh, that is uh, embedded into the bed can hold up to 2,000 pounds. <gasps> so you wouldn't, like, sink? You wouldn't sink, and you would be literally floating off the ground. I thought this was supposed to be a useless list. That's what I thought, and I saw this, I was like, hell yeah. This is the first good item on this list. <laughs> uh, yes, and then number one, which I think I've actually brought this up before in a, in a very far distant podcast episode but it's still a great reminder for all you pet lovers out there your doggo and your catto simply need the best well maybe just your doggo those cats can fuck off your your <laughs> doggos how about something to pamper them with maybe it's a a nice salty treat or a sweetie treat no how about giving the best that money can buy a 3.2 million dollar dog collar made from 18 karat gold, platinum, crocodile leather, and our favorite gem of the night, diamonds. Somebody call Mrs. Mamie Fish. Right! That's literally who I was thinking of when I saw this. I was like, this is Mamie's dog collar. A hundred percent. They just took it. They just took it from wherever she stashed that away. Whatever pawn shop it ended up in. <laughs> I know it. Uh, so there you have it, folks. The um, Not all entirely useless, but most of them a, a, a top 10 useless most expensive 90 percent useless random expensive stupid things that none of us will ever afford and none of us would ever buy if we could afford it so there's my jump change that's a good jump change ah okay you're welcome do you feel like continuing to to speak and to tell me tell me a tale i would love to spin you a yarn as it were <laughs> so we're going to be going back, Haley. We're going to be going way back. Back to everyone's oh favorite time period. The time period that set forth this podcast. The Gilded Age. My favorite. So, I want to transport you back to an individual who was an American businessman, a financier, and a great philanthropist, and also one of the first owners of an automobile during the Gilded Age. He actually claims he was the first person to own an automobile in New York City back in the, the Gilded Age, but that was up for dispute, but he still claims it nonetheless. This individual is a man by the name of James Buchanan Brady. Mr. Brady... I don't know that. I don't know that off the top of my head. And I'm very excited that you don't. Mr. Brady was born August 12th, 1856 to an Irish immigrant family. Of course, during that time, early 1900s, right before, a lot of immigrants came over from either from England, a lot, majority of them from from Ireland, coming to make a name for themselves to to, to earn a living. Um, his family, um, his father in in particular, was actually a saloon owner, um, and uh, so he grew up learning how to work and learning how to work hard. Uh, from his early life, Brady began to work his way up from various roles such as a bellhop, 
uh, courier even. Uh, he even uh, gained employment in the New York Central Railroad system, uh, where he became the chief assistant to the general manager by the age of 21. So at, 20, Good for at 23, um, Brady parlayed his knowledge of the rail tra- transport industry uh, to become a highly successful salesman for Manning, Maxwell, and Moore, which was a railroad supply company, one of the, actually one of the larger uh, railroad supply companies uh, during that time period. Uh, he, uh, he then became a sales agent after leaving Manning, Maxwell, and Moore for the Pressed Steel Car Company. Um, so very, 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 very knowledgeable about the railworks and railroad system. Um, that was kind of the, the, the beginning of where he made most of his money. But let's get into Mr. Brady's lifestyle, which is where we'll spend the bulk of our evening tonight. Oh, Mr. Oh Mr. Boy. Brady was known for his penchant for jewels, especially diamonds. Hey, hey, guys. Hey, our favorite gem. Not really. Just... He collected precious stones and jewelry in excess of then of $2 million, which today his all of his diamonds and jewels and stones are worth approximately $61,464,000 in today's money. Okay. I, who the fuck collects? He collected so many that he garnered the nickname Diamond Jim Brady. Because that's a terrible name. Because everywhere he went, he was the the topic of fashion. He always was the most fashionable in whatever party or uh, group that he was associated with, and he was always adorned either via rings or um, cowboy ties or some sort of jewelry. He was always adorned in diamonds of some sort. Um, so again, because of he always wore diamonds everywhere he went, people just began calling him. Oh, there's Diamond Jim. I don't know. I don't know why I used a really thick accent for New York Old City. Oh, Pappy just pokes yeah, out of his pants. Diamond Jim's in yeah. town. <laughs> but uh, Haley, there was something actually even more legendary than his appetite for diamonds. What? His literal appetite. Okay. Is he huge or is he tiny? It was not unusual, according to the legend. For Brady to eat enough food for 10 people Fucking what? at each sitting. What? What? Whoa, whoa, whoa. So that's 30 people a day? George Rector, who was an owner of one of Brady's most frequented and favorite restaurant, described Diamond Jim Brady as the best 25 customers I've ever had. Oh my God. For breakfast, he would eat vast quantities of Hominy, eggs, cornbread, muffins, flapjacks, pork chops, fried potatoes, beef steak. <laughs> All the while washing it down with one gallon of fresh orange juice. What? Oh my god. I know, but that's not all. About mid-morning, he had a... But wait, there's more. <laughs> About mid-morning, he had a rumbly in his tumbly. And so... What? Amid- is this every morning or is this just one day? This is every day. A, a mid-morning snack would consist of two or three dozen clams or Linhaven oysters. A few hours later, he had another rumbly in his tumbly because luncheon would consist of shellfish, two or three deviled crabs, a brace of boiled lobsters a joint of beef, 
and an enormous salad. He would also include a dessert of several pieces of homemade pie and more orange juice. But that's not all. Uh, that's so much orange juice. Brady would take afternoon tea, which consisted of another pl- of orange juice, of <laughs> another platter of seafood, accompanied by two or three bottles of lemon soda. Then, around came dinner time, which was his main main meal of the day. Why? It, you, <laughs> his does he have a private chef? Is his private chef just like? One, dead on the floor, exhausted. And two, better be paid millions of dollars. Oh, it wasn't uncommon for him to, to spend $100,000 throughout the day of food. What the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck? Now, what? let's get, to, let's get to dinner time. It usually comprised of an appetizer of two or three dozen oysters, six crabs, and two bowls of green turtle soup. He really likes seafood. Then, in sumptuous procession came six or seven lobsters, two canvasback ducks, a double portion of terrapin, sirloin steak, vegetables, and for dessert, a platter of French pastries. But that's not all, Haley. Of course it isn't. Brady would finish off the night with two pounds of chocolate candy. Uh, I know. So let let me... Uh, Cap it off with this. Before each and every meal, Mr. Diamond Jim Brady would sit about two or three feet from the table and would not stop and leave until his waistline touched the tip of the table. It physically grew each day? Yes. What? What? Because he ate so much. Did he die at the ripe age of 23? When did he die? Was it of a coronary bypass? We're going to get there. Oh, my God. Diamond Jim was always unquestionably at the center of every scene. He would spin lavishly, and at some times he was seen with as many as ten showgirls on each arm at a time. However, his favorite gal pal was actress Lillian Russell. She also could pack away Chow just as much as her, just as much as Mr. Diamond Jim. No, nobody can pack away as much as him. I don't even believe that these are true stories. This is someone that somebody made up somewhere along the line. Like, I have verified with multiple sources that this what is what the happened. Fuck? Now, Miss Lillian Russell, she would often put away bottomless platters of corn. Bottomless platters of corn. That's. I also love corn, but I don't. <laughs> Please, why not get some very in your diet? Does it all just come out the other end as just one whole corn cob? Probably. So the good life had made Brady the reigning prince of elegant excess. Excess is a soft word for this. However, it had left him with a gigantic swollen prostate that threatened to kill him. Yeah. Surgeons had been unwilling to operate up until this point because they didn't. They were fearful and afraid of cutting through the layers of lard that covered the man's massive frame. Yeah, how do you put that back together? How do you even, like, get past, like, the four feet of of solid fat to, like, the actual organs under? How is this man able to walk? However, there was a technique that uh, was invented that allowed uh, them to clear the blockage with uh, without a single incision called Young's Punch. It actually went through um, um, 
anally and was able to clear the blockage and r- restore and repair the prostate without actually cutting an inc- incision. So after so it wasn't quite liposuction then. Not there was no quite. removal of fat. It was just it was just clearing and making more space. Just just around the prostate. I mean, I suppose that's how you access the prostate, so it makes sense. Right. So, anyways, so he recovers from the surgery, and there was an interview with Brady at his home after the interview and our sorry after the surgery and um they asked him how he was feeling how he was recovering and um there was actually many rumors at that time that they had actually removed his stomach and replaced it with a new one that that has never been verified and nobody could ever prove that that happened i don't or not. think surgery was quite that talented no. then <laughs> but during an interview mr brady himself said well, they certainly handed me back a newly lined, high-powered, and pliant, and pleasantly dispositioned stomach. Why, if you roasted a full-size bull moose and just put it in front of it, just put me in front of it, I guess I could eat the whole thing. I bet that he could. That's not even, that's, that's not even, that's not even hyperbole. I just think he could. Yeah. Do you have a photo? Oh, I do. We're, we're going to get to the photos. We're going to get to the photos. Oh, my God. Okay, okay. So, Mr. Brady, he amassed a great amount of wealth, primarily through the railroad and being a salesperson. Um, but he, his accumulated wealth at that time was roughly estimated and thought to be $12 million, which, excuse me, at that time, in today's money, excuse me, money, would have been close to almost half a billion dollars in today's money. I mean, if he's spending $100,000 a day on food, though, that's not even going to last him that long. You would think, but he still made money. He was making money as he was spending money. Um, But however, our story, unlike your story, Haley, actually ends on a really high note. Um, Really? Diamond Jim, um, despite the fact that he had um, numerous, numerous health issues towards the latter part of his life. Um, He actually ended up dying of angina, ulcers, diabetes, and a plethora of other gastrointestinal related issues. Surprise, surprise, fucking no one. That's a high note. However, because of the majority of the doctors at John Hopkins and New York Hospital took care of him and took very good care of him, he gave his entire fortune to those hospitals. And he... Let me find it. Let me find it. Let me find it. He left the bulk of his fox, uh, he left the bulk of his fortune to the doctors and medical staff at John Hopkins and New York Hospital, which they then established a medical institute in his honor, uh, the name of the James Buchanan Brady Medical Institute. And that wow. is Mr. Diamond Jim Brady. I love him. He's disgusting, and I love him. So I'm going to send you a first a picture of Mr. Diamond Jim, all dappered out. Oh, please. Mr. Dapper Dan. <gasps> he doesn't... What? He's not even that huge. Is his metabolism just insane? I think so. I was expecting, like, an 800-pound man. I was expecting, like, the my thousand-pound-life sort of situation. This guy just kind of looks like Winston Churchill. Yeah, a little bit. Very much so. He's a little tubby. That's it. And then I'm going to send you a picture of his girlfriend, his actress friend, lady friend, Miss Lillian Russell. Oh, she's a busty lady. She's so busty. 
Um, but they were very close. I never got married, but um, he was very, very fond of her. And um, they were seen at galas, parties, events um, together. And they, many reports account of that they bonded over their love of food. And it was something that that... I, I bet. So. I'm just trying, like... Them eating couldn't have been a dainty affair. I want to know I would, how long the manners stayed. Oh, they probably weren't manners from the get-go. And I mean, but if you think about it, think about how long each meal lasted for them to eat. Hours. That, I know. You would think it. My brain. Like, oh. eating would have been an all-day affair. Like, when did he get work done? Who knows? How did he make money? Is my, it's, he just like put it in the hands of others and his bank account grew because he was too busy eating? Or like my the, the whole thing I've been picturing this entire time of him, uh, like you know the scene, the like one of the beginning scenes in Spirited Away when oh, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Chihiro's parents are just like shoveling food yes. into their mouth. Yes. It's that situation, just like the hunched over the table, just like taking fistfuls of it and putting it in your body. But like, because the Gilded Age, like Victorian and Edwardian people were so dependent on societal rules and emotional like stunting, I can't, like they had to have had some sort of manners along with this, but like. I don't know. Boy, howdy. I don't know, but if there's one thing, just thinking about eating all that food, I'm going to need a Napster afterwards. (laughs) (laughs) And that's all, folks. Hey. All right, folks. Well, hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, We'll be back soon with another one. Uh, Let us know what you think by leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you want to reach out to us, we're available on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, we also have an email, which uh, I rarely check, but, you know, maybe I'll make an effort for you. So, in any case, uh, thanks so much for listening. Thanks, guys. Good night. Good night. (laughs)